Hey, good evening. Um, I'm going to open us in a prayer in, in just a minute, and uh, we'll go into a video. Uh, but uh, this is the third week in a series by Francis Chan called Letters to the Church. And uh, one of my favorite things that he said in last week uh, in, in Wright's class, we, we focused uh, in on um, what's called sacred. And this is sort of a continuation of that. And he just kind of brought out... Um, Man, we need to step back and rethink occasionally in our lives. Rethink, what are we doing? What is church? What is Christianity? What did I commit myself to? What is this supposed to look like? Um, and he, he brought out last week how sacred it is, the incredible gift we're given to represent him in this world and what that means, and to really pause and to think about um, how seriously we need to take that, um, because it's, I remember someone said at one point, um, the only gospel some people may ever see is in my life. And that terrifies me. Um, and that's a whole lot of what Shanna's getting into. And this week was just so, um, it's amazing how God kind of was speaking to me in different ways. Um, I feel like when we're getting into this lesson, but let me go ahead and open us with a prayer and, and we'll get into the video. Uh, my God, I just want to, I, w- I want to stop and recognize you. Um, I don't simply want to lift up words to you and pray to you out of routine. Um, I'm, I'm begging you that I become more and more, and as a church, we become more and more a people that are defined by prayer, um, the conviction that you are always present, and that relationship with you is everything. And I ask God that you would be what defines your body. Um, and it won't be your body that defines you. Um, I ask God that by your spirit, you would breathe life into us and, um, that every aspect of who we are, uh, comes right from the head and from no other source. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. read the chapter the order and this was about God's commands and it, it really goes along with the week before on the sacred because the idea is we're trying to guard you know what's entrusted to us are these commands and part of our job as leaders as believers is to get people to see God's commands as sacred like if he tells you to do something you better just do it. I, I, I mean, even in my home, in my house, like if if I as dad tell one of my kids to do something, they do it. Period. There's no question. There's no, but why? But explain it to me before I do it. No, it's just dad said so. I mean, I may explain, I may not explain. And I know that's foreign to some of you because you're like, wow, that's not the way it worked when I grew up. I argued everything. And, but for me, I, I look at the way that God did things in scripture. When he commanded something, man, he meant it. It's like, okay, I better obey this because God says so. And I realize that we live in a time when very few people had a father, um, that was strong and that actually had or carried authority in the house. So when you read about a God who has authority over mankind, some of you read the scripture and you're actually offended by it because you're like, that's not fair. 
my opinion should matter. It mattered when I was six. You know, my dad told me to clean my room, and I said, no, you do it. And then he did it. You know, like, but that's not the way it was supposed to be. Um, children were supposed to obey their parents. But um, what I'm saying is it's very difficult for us now if we've been raised in a home where the father was absent or weak to now believe that we have a heavenly father who can tell us what to do. And yet for others of us, maybe we grew up in a very militant home and we, we struggle with the love side of things and being cared for. I'm just saying we all have things and baggage that we bring in. That's why we study the Word of God. Because our experience is going to be different from this book and this has to be the authority. And you have to understand when God gave commands, how serious he was about that. He demanded certain things of his people. And as God, that's his right. In, in, in Leviticus, for example, listen to the words of God. You may never read these passages. They may never be preached to you, depending on the, the type of church you're a part of. But if you just read through the scriptures, you would see God is serious about his word. And he wants people to tremble at his word. He says in Isaiah 66, like that's the person he looks to, is the one who has a humble and contrite spirit and who trembles at his word. In Leviticus 26, verse 14, here's how he feels about his commands. He says, if you will not listen to me and will not do all these commands, if you spurn my statutes and if your soul abhors my rules, so you will not do all my commandments but break my covenant, then I'll do this to you. I'll visit you with panic, with wasting disease and fever that consumes the eyes and makes the heart ache. And you shall sow your seed in vain. Your enemies will eat it. I'll set my face against you. You'll be struck down before your enemies. Those who hate you shall rule over you. You shall flee when none pursues you. In spite of this, you still don't listen to me. Then I'll discipline you again sevenfold for your sins. Okay, this is just a couple of verses. He continues to go, and I'm just at 18. Read it all the way through. I mean, by the time he gets to 33, or or 27 even, if in spite of this you don't listen to me, then I'll walk contrary to you in fury. I myself will discipline you sevenfold for your sins. You shall eat the flesh of your sons. You shall eat the flesh of your daughters. I'll destroy your high places. I'll cut down... This is God. He goes, you're going to disobey my commands? Man, I'll have people trample over you. I'll have wasting disease. I'll set you on fire with these fevers. You want to feel my fury? You'll end up eating your sons and daughters. Okay. That sounds to me like a God who's pretty serious about his commands. And so, look, in the church... We've gotten to a point where his commands are like suggestions. And, and with preaching, I, I started to feel like it was less and less like I'm declaring the word of God and just letting you know what God says. And then everyone trembles at that. Like That's really supposed to be the preacher's job is to tell you what God says. But what I find in our country is my job as a preacher is not just to tell you what God says, but now it's my job to kind of persuade you somehow to obey him, to convince you, give you 10 reasons why that's a good command. 
you know, and talk you into it. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the type of people we want to be. We want to be the type of people that tremble at God's word and go, God said that? The preacher just read from, you know, this passage. I'm going to do that. That was the picture. I love the picture. I want to close with this, with uh, King Josiah. Remember that story of King Josiah? And uh, where it says, in, uh, you know, they find the book of the law. And so King Josiah's like, whoa, you found the book of the law? Read it to me. And in verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, and go, go, inquire the Lord. Verse uh, 13, um, inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. And the rest of it is all about, we got to change this, we got to change this, we got to change this. Why? Because I just heard from this book. Okay? What we're talking about when Jesus gives all of these commands of what the church ought to be, when the, the epistles show us clearly what the church ought to do, these should not be things where any leader or any preacher has to now persuade you to obey these things. You should go, we neglected that. We, like King Josiah, I'm not, don't tear your shirt off, but, you know, it's like, I got to do whatever. We got to change this. I just read this. I, I just saw, I didn't know the scripture. I didn't know this scripture. I didn't know the scripture. Now that I know it, things better change because I treat his commands his orders as sacred. All right, so what are some of your reflections on the video? Tell me, uh, tell me your thoughts. Yeah. It was interesting to me, uh, I, I was thinking when, when Francis was talking about why we don't respond to commands toward the end, right. I was thinking, well, one of the reasons why is that we're a democratic republic and we pride ourselves okay. on being independent, especially during the Western United States. Independence, okay. that's and rebellion, that's that's second nature to us. Yeah. And yeah. my goodness, at the time of the kings, that concept of monarchy was very well founded. And among the Israelites, God's monarchy was theoretically well established. Right. He was the king. He was the God. Right. And we don't have that respect. We don't we can't even relate. Can't even relate to it. I like that. You can't even relate to it. That, that, that level of respect, I have a hard time relating to. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Right. Yes. And that's where you fall back on your knees. And you really could do all of those things. But right now, you are really And I deserve all those things. Yeah. Yeah, I deserve it. And, and, and I like it that you say... Um, that the loving God is what made you hit your knees. It reminds me of, you know, you know when the, um, uh, the demon-possessed man, when uh, Legion, uh, Jesus is with Legion, and no one is scared. No one says anything about anyone being scared. They're in a cemetery. It's nighttime. There's a thunderstorm in the background. There's a man with chains hanging off of him, screaming. He doesn't say a word about anybody being scared. 
until the end of the story. You know when it says they're scared? When they saw him sane in his, in his right mind. And they hit their knees, you know? It's when I see the love of God, when I see what he's done, then it makes you hit your knees, right? Um, um, so, um, what else? Any other thoughts on the video? Right. Yeah, and that's that is. Um, F. Lagard Smith worded this really well in a discussion on baptism one time, and I, I'm, I'm glad that you said that because the consequences are still very relevant. He's a loving God that shows grace, but the same God that we think of as showing grace is also notorious um, for acting on His promise. Um, this was the covenant of blessing and cursing that was given to Israel. Uh, read the book of Josephus. It's a history book about how everything you just read was fulfilled. Eating children. City burned down. High places burned down exactly as the command was given. Um, so there are a lot of times in Scripture, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, there's a thousand examples where God is holy and just if he condemns and he's holy and just if he forgives. Um, and... That's the trembling, you know, you have before God. It's, a, it's before a father that loves you. But at the same time, dead serious. These commands are dead serious. I'm going to get into some of those that are, whew, um, exactly what he said, kind of strike fear into my heart when I read them here in a minute. Yeah, Steve. That's a good trick. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, looking at you know it's it's really funny you said that. I'm going to go to Vanna in a second, but I was on a forum this last week. Uh, and a preacher posted on the forum, and he said, um, I've got an issue. I want to ask you guys your advice, your opinion. And I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, and he said, uh, um, so the Pauline epistles, um, I, I, I don't think Paul wrote them. I don't think they're inspired. I'm not sure about the inspiration on that. Should I tell my elders? Should I tell the church? Should I be honest about where I am on this, or should I not be honest? And I'm sitting here thinking, what are, you, what are you preaching, man? I mean, and it, there's nothing that can happen except you can't look at the Bible as anything else other than a good book of advice. You don't treat it as anything other than a good book of advice. You don't think, think that these are sacred commands, and you don't have the integrity to be honest with your body. And, and, and so there were some things that I had to be really honest you know, about there that I was like, come on, is this the Word of God or is it not? And if it's not man, then I'm just preaching me, and I'm not as smart as most of the people in my congregation. So, I mean, if it's not, we're in trouble, you know? Um, 
So um, I want to ask you this. Oh, oh before I, let me go to Vanna. They're your life, right? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's super frequent. Um, there are going to be some areas where, because I've always made fun of that mentality, and then I caught myself this last week with some verses that I've kind of done that too as well. And I'm going to I'm going to be honest about some of those. Yeah. Right. And that's without relationship. It's it's just not there. Okay, we're going to get to that because that's a huge point. Yeah. Deuteronomy thirty two forty seven. Okay, yeah, uh, they are your life. Uh, so I want to ask you this. This is one of Chan's questions, and I, I made a, a at the start of a list here. And I was going to get you guys to help me fill this out, too. But we're, I'm supposed to just make a, li- a column here and say, uh, what are some things people expect or want to see or desire to see when they're going um, church shopping? And I, by the way, I don't have any slides today. I put together the best slides ever and totally left them at home. No, I, didn't. I, I did have my slides ready, and I cannot believe I left them at home. But um, what are people looking for when they, they're going church shopping? What do they expect to see? I want to just kind of write down some things. Nicole? Okay, welcome. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of put here in parenthesis um, greeted. Yeah. Okay. What else? Comfortable. I like that. I'm gonna come back to that because that's one I like to make fun of myself on. Yeah. Yeah, consumer, the consumer part is um, very difficult to get away from. It's, that's, that's almost all of us. I mean, it's, it's such a part of who I am to be consumer-driven um, that it's, it, this one I'm struggling with. I do. I struggle with it. And I'm like, but I'm looking for good things. But, you know, and, and I don't know. We're going to talk about that, though. Right. There's an experience I want in this place, like a restaurant or anything else. I'm after an experience. That's right. That's right. Okay, bud. Okay. I, I am gonna I'm gonna toss this back at you. Accepted, included. I agree with that completely. Um, 
some churches, in fact, some of the largest growing churches operate on the opposite principle. And, and I went to a big mega church last year. And I went in, and they had the softest, most beautiful music playing. The lights were low. They had coffee. They gave me a cup of coffee. I went and sat down. Not a soul spoke to me. I sat in my spot with my coffee with the most beautiful music, and I thought, I love this. I don't have to deal with people. <laughs> and obviously, this is not what God desires in me, but it's, there's a big part of my nature that's like, Please don't greet me. Give me my coffee and my soft music. I'm good, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, and so, yeah, Vanna. All right, definitely that. Um, don't judge. What else? Not hypercritical. Hypocritical. Yes. Um, how I can be served. And that's going to go back to the, you know, the, the consumer-driven idea. Um, consumer, how am I served? Let, let's get some technical things, though. What are some things? Man, you're, put yourself in it. You're a young mom. You're a young man. You're looking for a church. What are you looking for? Yeah. Come on. Now let's talk. Uh, give, you better have a children's program. Um, you know, I want to see a good children's program. Yeah. You're not kidding. I'm super sensitive to that. <laughs> Tim, we're talking about temperature. All right. Is the preacher any good? Is he? Is he? Come on. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> actually, actually, it's it's so funny you said that because you might remember this story. But one time I was looking at uh, jobs, um, you know, back when before I came to Metal Ark. And actually, one of the recommend it said that on the forum. It said, must be good looking. It actually said that. No, the church put it out there on their forum. And I, I was so tempted. I was going to send in a picture of Brad Pitt. I mean, it was, I was like, I'm doing it, you know? So, what else? What else? Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but you're dead on. What time church starts is a big deal. And, uh, are there donuts, or not? <laughs> donuts and coffee start on time. Let's see, anything else? We're thinking, we're missing. Okay, yeah, what, what kind of music that we're looking at? Okay, right? Oh, yeah, not just, not just what time we're starting. <laughs> what time are we ending, man? Yeah, what's it, what time are we out of here at? Totally, yeah. The seats in the church. All right, anything else that I'm missing? Um, age-specific ministries I wrote down, small groups I wrote down. Um, visitor parking in some places is pretty important. Um, is the song leader strong? Mission trips, how you dress. You know, and a lot of churches, you know, people are looking after a certain dress. You know, I'm looking at a church where you dress down or I'm looking at a church where you dress up. That's that weighs in, too. Um, now we're going to do the second column. Second column. And we actually touched on this a little bit in some of that. What is commanded scripturally for the church to be? What are the commands, the direct commands that this is what we will be? 
Love one another. That's at the top of my list here. Absolutely. A house of prayer. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else? Commanded to be. Uh-huh. Honor one another's above yourself. It's Romans 12.10. We're going to get to that in a second. Yeah, what else? Be strong and courageous. I like that. No one's ever called me and asked me about it. So uh, is your church strong and courageous? Uh, <laughs> love, love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Anything else? Commands. I'm sorry? Okay, study to show yourself approved, we could say, or, or search the scriptures diligently. Yeah, Steve? Mm. Do you serve the poor, the orphan, the widow? The, you know, this is one of the most repeated commands when it comes to God's people. Actually, I might even st- take another step and say, I think it is the most repeated command that I can think of with the people of God. Um, yeah. Ooh, is Christ the center of who you are? Is this the body of Christ? Uh, or is this a body wearing Christ's name, you know? Um, forgive one another. Absolutely, yeah. Confess your sins to one another. Now, now, when we get into that, how many one another's, man? I mean, the one another's get crazy. And they also get heavy because some of them are difficult. Yeah. All right, now I want to get to that one. Uh, don't forsake the assembly. You know, that one's... Uh, I, I actually got a call. Now, I want you to know this. I was preparing this class already, and I got a call last night or yesterday evening, and a guy wanted to know about our church. He's going to be passing through visiting, and he just wanted to know about our church. So he grilled me. And I, this happens more often than you might think. I get grilled. Uh, what do, what, what's going on in your church? What are you teaching? What do you, you, know, you know, what do you represent? And I went through every, the first question was, do you have the five acts of worship there? And now I'm going to quiz you guys, some of you that grew up. Now I'm going to quiz you. <laughs> what did you grow up hearing that they were? Um, nope, nope, nope. That's the five steps of salvation. You are in trouble. Um, but, but that's next. That's next. Yes. Reading scripture, prayer, singing. What else? Lord's Supper. Some of our older members know this. Lord's Supper and... Giving, thank you, Steve, <laughs> and giving, and and I said, well, yeah, yeah, we 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 have the five acts of worship, and we talked about the five salvation, and then it got technical, it got really technical, and he was grilling me. Do you do two of those acts at the same time at any point? I said, I, I hope. <laughs> you know, and, and I got in trouble on that answer. I said, no, you're not allowed to do more than one act of worship at once. I, okay. Um, it got weird, you know, and I'm, I'm going to kind of go somewhere and get to some scripture with this. And then I realized, I said, you know, what bothers me, and I love the five acts of worship. I think that's beautiful. But it really kills me that they left off one. I grew up hearing five acts of worship. But he, Hebrews says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but do what? Encourage one another? How did that not make the list of the five acts of worship <laughs> or six? Or You know, I'm like, encourage one another is the one thing we're called to do when we come to church. The one big one is you come together. 
I can sing on my own. I can pray on my own. I can do all these things. Lift each other up. Encourage each other. Command of God to do this, you know? Big deal kind of stuff. And so we were talking, and we got into some of those things, and then he asked me, are there... Is there one song leader or multiple song leaders? Are there two of them at the stage at the same time? Do you sing during the Lord's Supper? And all these things. And I just, I had to open my heart to him. And I said, man, we got to talk, man. And, and I was thinking about, on the one hand, I love that, you know, he calls, called and looked. And I told him this. I said, I love it that you're calling and you want to know what we're like. That's good. But, man, um, you go from one culture to another culture, you go to this place to this place, things are going to be different. And you're going to go to churches that are not healthy. You're going to go to places and people that are discouraged, run down. It's not happening. A lot of it's not there. And if I were, if I were to go to a mission field, let me ask you this. Were I to go to a mission field and I go to church and I see a bunch of people just devastated, sad, have lost hope, have lost joy. Am I supposed to walk in there and say, this place is dead, and walk out? What am I called to do? Man, what, what is a missionary going to do? What are we going to do if I just look at people and say, sorry, you're not living up to, listen, I know. When I'm depressed and I'm down, I know. But what we're called to do with each other is lift each other up. Otherwise, yeah, I, 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 that's what we're called to do. And, and I was looking at that, and I was, I was thinking about that, and it was so crazy. And then he called me again this morning, woke me up out of bed with more questions. I was, I seriously, have you ever had one of those moments where you pick up the phone, and you're like, why did I just pick up the phone, no coffee? Um, and, but we, had a, we really did have a beautiful conversation. But it, it got me into this, and I was thinking about what Chan is talking about here. And I said, and, and he asked this really pertinent question. Would people be more offended today? if we messed up on the left-hand column or on the right-hand column? And that question really bothered me, um, I was thinking. How many times I've been in church, and, and I was even thinking of scenarios here. I've used this one before, and I have no plans to do this, but suppose you were to walk into church today, and this, we decided, elders met, we said, you know what, we're going to paint this place hot pink to give it some joy. And you walked in here, and these walls are hot pink, and these columns are bright yellow, would there be people mad? Yes. <laughs> All of you are like, me? <laughs> you know, there would be people angry and mad, and probably for good reason because we have poor taste and, you know, all that. But would people be more angry over that or if we just dropped the homeless ministry and stopped doing anything for the poor? Which one would get people more upset? Yeah. I wonder, you know, um, even with myself on some of these questions, I'm like, Jeff, I don't know where you would be if this place went hot pink, um, you know. And, and there's things like that that we have all seen anger, anger over whether a communion table's in the front or in the back or what, how the chairs are organized and all these different things. And all of these things we developed and the commands of God kind of get shuffled out of the mix and we forget how serious they are because we've started to focus on other things. 
Um, I'm going to read to you. This is a, I don't have my slides again, so I'm just going to have to read this. This is a, this is Jesus with the Pharisees in Mark chapter seven. Oh man, I cannot believe um, this. Uh, we're almost out of time. Okay, the Pharisees and some of the teachers. Five minutes. No, no, sir. I'm going to test you. I'm just going to go. No, I'm not really. Uh, the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. Well, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, good. What's wrong with washing your hands before you eat and washing the utensils? Um, Then he goes on and he says this. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it's written. These people honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have, to, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. He gets angry about them washing their hands. Now, I've got a problem here because I'm thinking, man... That's all they're doing is washing their hands. It makes sense. Now, their laws got weird. Um, the Talmud gets super weird. Um, we ran out of time because I was going to share with you a whole list, fun list of these things. But these are real laws that were around in Jesus' time. I'm just going to share a few of them with you. Real laws that people had to live by. One who pairs his fingernails, that means to cut your fingernails. One who pairs his fingernails either by means of his nails or by means of his teeth. Also one who plucks hair from his head, beard, or lip. Also a woman who braids her hair or paints her eyebrows or parts her hair. Um, You cannot do any of these things on the Sabbath. You cannot pair your fingernails either like that or with your teeth, okay? You cannot do that on the Sabbath. If there's a fire in your house... Fire breaks out in your house. A Gentile may come put out the fire, but you are not allowed to ask him to. That's in the, that's in the law. All right. Still today, I was reading some Jews online. They're talking about some of their laws and some of the things. Did you know you could throw objects a certain distance, but it had to be a certain distance. And if you threw it past that distance, you were in trouble. And that distance was different whether you were on sea or whether you were on land. Now, these laws get super, super weird. In fact, Jesus broke one of the laws. Remember when he spits and puts the spit in a person's eye? This is what the Talmud says. Tasteless saliva, even to be put on the eye, is forbidden. That was a law. Jesus deliberately broke their law. Okay? When he did that. Now, it's a strange law. That's what I want to ask you. Where do these laws come from? What on earth? You have to be Dr. Seuss and creative to get there. So how? How did that happen? Yeah. There we go. Well-intentioned. Right. So, so what we're doing is we begin with the Sabbath, and we begin with something holy, and we say, this day is holy. You people don't get it. 
So this is what it's going to look like. And we take one step further and say, here are some laws. Then we take another step. And, and, and next thing you know, you've gotten pretty weird. Um, but it is rooted in good intentions and things that make a whole lot of sense. Right? So we went from a place where somebody would say, you can't have two acts of worship at the same time. And what the intention is, man, I want you to focus. Okay? I really want you to focus. Beautiful intention. And then all of a sudden it becomes something that we use to hurt and assault people and say, wow, you're worshiping God in two ways at once. And I'm like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> and it gets weird is what, what tends to happen uh, with us. I want to give you some laws since we're out of time, some scriptures that, um, that I really just poured over and said, what does God word, God's word say about the church? How do we need to be known? You shared some beautiful ones. And it says this, in Romans 12 is a hard chapter to read because almost every verse in Romans 12 hits you hard. It says this, be devoted to one another. That word devotion is huge in this series. It starts out when we're in Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves, right? It says this, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. That's already difficult. The next verse takes it to the next level. How about this for a command from God? Never be lacking in zeal. Bless those who persecute you is the next verse. And Romans 12 just takes the word of God and says, this is what it looks like. Now, that's not there to put us on a guilt trip and say, I'm not there because were I to take all of these one and others that I have in front of me and pour them out, I'm, I would be showing you the very face of Christ. That's what I would be showing you. This is Jesus right? And when I look in the mirror, I don't see Jesus. But I do see this, and I pray that I continue to do. Paul said it this way. Uh, we look, as looking in a mirror, we with unveiled faces are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. And the idea is not that I look at these and I say, this is not happening Therefore, I am not a Christian. That would be what the Pharisees did with the people. While they themselves were doing a worse job at this. What I'm supposed to do is look at this and say, this is what I look for in the people of God. And mostly in, in my life and how I emulate the church. I think it's healthy to um, quote unquote church shop. But there's, there's a book that's been written by the same guy that wrote the controversial book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Y'all remember that book? It was, anyway. The author of that book wrote a different book. That I love the title of it. He says, I kissed dating the church goodbye, and I want to marry the church. And I loved that idea. Not dating anymore. What would the church look like today? Just This isn't a question that we're going to have time to talk about, but... What would the church look like today if there was just one church? If there were only one church in Fort Collins, Colorado, and this is the body of Christ, 
And there's, I don't know, the same number of people. I don't know how many Christians we say, but this is the church. And children's programs, all this other stuff, whether it's good or whether it's bad, um, sometimes I think you're in a danger, more dangerous place when all of that stuff is healthy. All of the things that people are looking for and I'm looking for, all of it is healthy. It can become a very comfortable environment where we're not challenged by the commanded column. This is what I must be in this world and before God. I love it that Chan is leading us down that path um, because, uh, and I, I pray that that's where I am and anywhere I go. Uh, wherever God lands me in a church, especially when I'm traveling and going places, listen, I've seen some weird stuff, okay? I ended up in a church a few years ago with my family, and Melinda and I were trying not to laugh the whole time. We shouldn't have, but they were condemning coffee in church. And I was like, man, I'm glad Nathan's not here. No, <laughs> but I was, they were condemning it. And, just, and I was just there's like, this is so uncomfortable, I feel weird. But part of me, instead of looking at that and saying, you know, another example is a few weeks ago we were in a church and I remember the guy got up after communion and he said, it was just a phrase that I hadn't heard since I was a kid, but after they served communion, they stopped and they said, was anyone overlooked? You know, and I just went, man, I don't remember. I heard that when I was a kid. You know, that's weird. And, but immediately my mind starts thinking, this is the way church is done here. But what God wants me to do is look around and see people regardless of where I am, see people that are in desperate need of God's grace, some weak, some strong. I can't change them. The Bible was written for me to change me um, and be a light in that community, right? Father, I just um, I want to come before you, and I want to beg you uh, that we place ourselves at your feet as a body, um, that we would um, recognize uh, anything that's in us that's not from you. And I guess that's to be expected. It's, it's not wrong to wash your hands, but if we would ever put man-made tradition and our laws above your word and above what you've commanded of us, I pray, God, that you'd reveal that to us. Um, may we be devoted to one another with your spirit and with deep love. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it's doing in our body and in our mind and in our spirit. It's in Christ we come before you. Amen.